And welcome into the Sporting Lounge. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, grab a beer, kick up your feet, and have a good time. We are joined by the three-time champ, T. Rizzle, Austin, and of course, Derpination. So, Derpination. Derpination, according to Austin. Derpination. So, go give him a follow on Twitch, and then, of course, always join us. We like to do this kind of stuff. Today, Squirrel broke and stole his camera. Yeah, so we're going to address why he's not on camera. Uh, Squirrel. the one from Ice Age. It is the one from Ice Age. Yep. He left his, his note in there. Jesus. Yeah. Just actually, Fashion. my camera's just not working for some reason. I uh, don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, today's going to be an interesting day as uh, some of us are going to try to convince you that sports are rigged, and some of us are going to convince you that they're not because they're not. There you go. There's my stance already. All right, Travis, start it off. There's your stance. One, yeah. your camera makes you look like part of your face is getting eaten. But um, two, I there, there's okay. I don't necessarily fully think that sports are rigged. Like nothing, and for our audience, nothing here we say is like been proven or is fact or anything like that. It's just for conversation and opinions. Um, there's just there's been too many things that have happened. This is like this wouldn't fall on the league, but the league denied it at first. But when Tim Donahue came out and like admitted to gambling and and throwing games like betting in the NBA, you can't really deny that one, especially like since that, as much as this hurts me to say, because I'm a Lakers and Kobe guy, but that 2002 Western conference uh, championship series against uh, Against the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. That game six was bad. Very bad. (laughs) Yeah, I want that. That I actually have oh, a notepad open right now. Kobe Literally, threw a blatant elbow in the Mike Bibby's face. It, it, it broke his nose, bleeding everywhere, right in front of the refs. He didn't even, he didn't bother. He didn't care. He was I, like, "Oh boy, that helped my betting line." <laughs> that, I but like I mean, you know, um, there's an obvious argument to that, and that's you know, the refs just were off their game. But I mean. I don't know if I've ever seen refing that bad. Like, that might have been the worst refing since, like, they probably have better refing in the 40s in prison than that Lakers-Kings game. And it's Wardens versus Prisoners, and the refs are still even. (laughs) Like, longest yard without the estrogen? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, like Michael Wilbon even like broke down like six blatant fouls that happened in a five minute span in the fourth quarter of that game that weren't called that were just horrendous. And so bad. Like, but well, yeah, I don't know. And then the NFL, like you, like as a Lions fan, and it has like a subservient Lions fan, Ben. You know that you can look up on YouTube or look up anywhere, and you'll find twenty minute videos of just horrible, blatant disregard calls against the Lions. And but it's easy to look at that stuff after the fact, though. Right. Now, I refs... real time. Now, and, here's and, the but thing. My, my reasoning... Okay, my, but, my like, real-time for... view versus, like, ref view is way different. I, I know, but the, but there's so many easy solutions to... Like what? To make every penalty or questionable play reviewable instead of just not. Like, then the games like, will take simple. 10 hours. The yeah. baseball literally just went through that issue with the games taking too long. That's a good way to kill a professional sport. But 
I want to really cite, phone, hone in on this game six. Uh, Lakers Kings 2002 game six, uh, conference finals. So, Ben, are you familiar with the situation in depth? Not fully in depth, but I won't need to be. Okay. You want to know why? Is it so, bad officiating? Is it gambling? Because I can chalk that up to bad apples. But tell me. So, supposedly, so there's two sides to it. You know, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it, really, if, the, if you want to say the game was poorly called. That's just kind of a fact. So, we'll just get through that. If you're not too familiar on the issue, I can show you highlights, and you'd be like, yeah, that's a poorly called game. That's no ifs, ands, buts about it. So, where things start to get a little bit sticky in this situation, it's a couple years later, Tom Donahue, who is just like one probably the most infamous ref in sports history. Um, he went to jail for betting and he officiated for like five seasons, maybe four seasons. I'm not sure. Um, but he, he was, he was an NBA ref, probably the most infinite infamous ref of all time. And he says that the game was fixed and manipulated by two refs on the three man crew assigned to officiate it. Now there's two sides to this. And both sides, like, you can fight on both ends. So the first side is, you can take Tim for his word and say, yep, that's proof that it was rigged. Or you could say that Tim's not a trustworthy narrator. We probably shouldn't believe him. It seems like he's just trying to cause some drama. Okay, so that's that's the first side. And then the other side is you could say, okay, Tim said that. There's no way that it was rigged then. because. We don't trust him. And then on the other side as well, you can go ahead and say that, oh, well, Tim was saying that, so it's it's got to, it's like double mm -hmm. reverse. So it's just one, it's like an Ouroboros just continuously eating his tail with the amount of like angles you could look at this with. And it, I think at, at the very least, you have to acknowledge it's an interesting theory because it was such a poorly officiated game. Now, we were talking about this a little bit before the pod. Um, you're talking about organizational failure, which in your terms meant uh, more than likely ownership, coaching, you know, higher ups, staff of the organization, not necessarily the players. And in your opinion, do you think the refs, do you think the refs represent the sport that they are coaching or refing for, not coaching for, excuse me. Do they represent the sport? wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I think they so represent example, the sport, not NBA, the organization, yeah, they, though. Not the okay. team, but the actual league. They represent the league because that's who they're under contract with. The refs do you think? Are. Do you think that NBA refs represent the NBA? Yes, I do too. Mm. I think there's I, an argument I, to be made I, about I think players. Of all sports, represent the league that they're a part of because that's who signs their paychecks. It's like they're the warden of the league. It's like there's so the even that more people that have to be paid off. Goals. Funny enough, the only it's illegal. It's well, not illegal. It's it's not allowed in the NBA under contract if you're a ref or work for the league. To, it's, you're not allowed to gamble on anything except like for no reason whatsoever. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't have like a bunch of fine print like the NFL does. The only, but you're allowed to gamble on horse races <laughs> for just just random. I think that's kind of funny. Fort, wait, hold on. So you can gamble on horse races, but nothing else. Yep. 
Okay. So that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> tangent, tangent, real quick. Um, like ADA, like Americans with Disabilities Act or whatever, you can have dogs and ponies or small ho- miniature horses classify as disability animals. Mm-hmm. That that's made me it. think of that. That made me think of that. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> back, back to the topic I had. <laughs> okay. So I thought that that policy was was enforced. So on a side tangent, I want to continue on this side tangent and then we'll go back to the game six and conference finals, Lakers Kings 2002. I thought that that rule was like associated into the rule book, like probably in the sixties or something. Cause you know, horse racing was big back then. And no, this rule was enforced in 2019. Mm-hmm. According to the NBA's 2019 updates to mandate rule, Focus on gambling. Yeah, Travis is right. <laughs> it's Travis is right. hilarious. So it, it's not like some old timey shit. It's just like so maybe that is a conspiracy theory that's gonna happen in like a decade, you know, like if if horse if horse eight wins, the Lakers are going to the finals. Oh my God. <laughs> some random connect connected dots through sports intertwined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's um, bound to. So, Ben, in your opinion, do you think the NBA referees represent the organization that they are a part of? Somewhat. Yes or no? Then I'd go no. Okay, why is that? Because refs are their own things that every level of every sports has, so I would consider refs their own entity. Okay, so that's a great point. Um, let me go ahead and run this past you. So there's a peewee ref that keeps on tripping these kids. And you you go to the ref and you say, yo, bro, what the fuck? Stop tripping my kid. Like, it's every play. You just walk up to him and trip him while he's running around. And he says, sorry, bro. Who's he going to tell you to take that up with? The league. The league that it's a part of. So you go to the Pee Wee League, and you go to them, and they say, oh, our guy did that? Well, he's not our guy. He's his own person. He's just tripping kids. Like, we just pay him. He just wears he just wears our emblem on his uniform. Okay, and let's take this, let's take this a step fucking farther. Like, Pee Wee, Pee Wee League, and I'm sorry. Let's take this a step fucking farther. They wear the emblem on their uniform. They just wear a basic as uniform. I know. But let's take this a step fucking further. You okay. go to McDonald's, okay? And Grimace is there. And, <laughs> and, Ben's, and Ben's there fucking with your fries. And he's in a McDonald's uniform. And you're like, hey, bro, can you not be manhandling my fries and squishing them, putting them in these containers? Please, dude. I, I paid like three bucks for those fries. And he's just like, nope. Deal with it. And you're just like, let me talk to the fucking manager. Do you expect those employees to be representing the business that they are a part of? Yes or no? In a fast food service thing? Yes. As refs, okay. they they report to their head refs who then have meetings with the NFL, NBA, hockey, whatever organizations. At the end of the day, the, the league that they're refing in, it signs their paychecks, and when they get in trouble or find that they're issued leagues and suspended by the league. Or issued yeah. fine, suspended by the league, not the recommendations, ref- also, promotions, whatever. Oh. 
I don't know. One would argue that they're independent contractors. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like they'd have to file a, what is it, like a 1036 or whatever for taxes. So I'm just saying, like, I don't fully believe refs, you know, are of the league. Whereas, like, you know, the head coaches and the upper management of the NBA, the David Stern, you know, all of those people would be the people had, you know, accountable, the GMs, the head coaches, the players. And I think, by the way, there's not enough money to pay off a whole history of Hall of Fame careers and non-Hall of Fame careers. Because remember, those people who sit at the end of the bench, if they know the game is scripted, why wouldn't they blow the whistle? Why wouldn't they say? Because they know they're not getting money from the league enough to pay forever. So go make your story. Go make your bag. But we haven't seen that reliably. So you know, I'm, you know, the, you know the NFL not. does use NDAs, right? Yeah, and you don't think someone who was an eighth string fucking tight end who made a hundred k wouldn't mind saying, "Okay, I'll get sued," you also but my know story's N- getting NDAs. out. Um, or oftentimes um, squashed well, in court. Yeah, as yeah. in not worth it. So my my, my, my well, like, biggest thing Ben, is let me I'm run this. Say that, I'm not trying to say that the sports themselves are like rigged to achieve like predetermined outcomes, and for like see, for every game for. If we knew at the beginning of the what? season Eagles and Chiefs were making to the playoffs or making it to the Super Bowl, do you think Miami would have made the trades they made? Do you think every other team would have tried to compete? the way they competed, if they already knew Eagles and Chiefs were going to the, the Super Bowl? Why would you even try? Why wouldn't you yeah. just rest your starters? Why not see the unproven people? Like, there would be no reason. I, th- I think there is a reason. Very, it, I, I think there's a very smart business going on. And what's going on with – the reason I say this because – and I think that we can say this until refs are reprimanded for bad officiating <laughs> until they start having to pay fines or be getting in trouble for horrible calls that determine outcomes of games – um, I do think that it's good marketing. Like refs, refs do influence the business games, aspect yeah. of the games. Like as in, like take the Lions for instance, with how bad they are. Okay, well they're a bad team. They're a small, they're a small market team for the NFL at least for a little bit because of how bad they were. So they didn't get a lot of publicity. They weren't bringing in money compared to a lot of other teams in the league. So here have controversial plays with them all the time that, that gets some publicity and looks and talked about. That's how you make more money and revenue off those kinds of teams that and are bringing it in naturally. And I here, think like, here's, that stuff happens on purpose. Here's and, something else too. You got to think of Jersey sales. You got to think of players like Tom Brady going to the Bucks. you know, like money. a lot of money. Those stadiums pack a lot of people in for reference here. Let me see if I can bring up the stat line. That's while why there's no why, why, wait, hold on. Before That's we bounce off that, why why does it matter if a player switched teams? You just said Tom Brady to the Bucks. What does that have to do with being rigged? Because that because brings a big market to Tampa. Yes. Okay. It brings big a market in Tampa. You were so okay. Ben, stop. Ben, stop. Here's the thing. You asked a question. You said, "Why would anybody go out and get these players?" If they knew it was going to be rigged. So Tom Brady to Tampa, he ended up going, but Tyreek Hill to Miami. You know, that's another player where it's like, people will pay tickets. People are Tyreek Hill fans. They will pay to go see Tyreek Hill live. A lot of people will. You know, the same thing, you know, when Mike Vick came back. 
like a big reason the Eagles probably were willing to sign Mike Vick was because he was so talented and he was so electric because they knew how much money he was going to reel in on top of his talent and his potential. And the more playoff games you get, the more the better your record is. If I go 15 and 2 and I get the first seed in the AFC, where are those next three playoff games going to be played, Ben? Home. Home. And what team is going to make those fucking dollars? Home team. So that's where the rigging could get put into place too because they could be like – Okay, so would every team then try to rig so they could be the number one seed and have those three extra playoff games? Wouldn't every team – But their team's not good enough. But that's why you sign players. That's why you do that because the players aren't aware of it. So exactly – You just proved my point. What the theory is is they go up to the organizational level, as you want to refer to it as, which is just ownership. They'll have a meeting. This is how the rigging in the NFL theory goes. I don't I don't believe it's true. I think I think there's a couple games in the past 30 years where this might be applicable. Um, but I don't think that it happens very often, and I think it's less than 1% of the games. But an owner will come to another owner and say, listen, here's the deal. You let us win this game, I'll write you a check for this much. There's there's enough money in those NFL owners' pockets where they can make it so the other team just can't say no. And that's the theory. So there is a theory out there that does make sense. And your question about why would players go to specific organizations is because they don't know who's going to win. They don't know what play calling is going to happen. They don't know why this is happening. They don't know why this player is injured. They don't know why this is happening. They don't know why this player is suspended. They don't know. Every player has dirt that can be dug up on them too. You know, look at, you know, so you're saying ownerships are then going to the organization of the refs themselves and saying, Hey, throw this game in our favor for X, Y, and Z dollars. That does not mean the sport is rigged. That means you have a couple bad apples. Hence my thing of it's not rigged. There are a couple bad people. I mean, horse-fixing races has been a thing for centuries. So we know people are going to try to fix games. We know players have, you know, bet against themselves to win a bigger bag, like the Black Sox scandal or whatever you were saying. That's what I'm talking about. You'll have the bad apples of people trying to fix games. But at no point (laughs) will I ever think a league is fully rigged because you're not going to convince a whole team from – Hell, you're not going to convince the owners. Hey, the Patri- are the um, Kansas City Chiefs and Eagles are both going to win their, you know, number one seed. They get all the home games. You're not going to have teams like Miami, Chargers, um, 49ers, whoever. You know, the strong dogs going. No, because there's no the number one spot. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, well, no, I have billions of dollars too. I want to buy that AFC well, chain. So it's just never going to happen. But but see, you're taking, you're taking my point so obtusely that it's really aggravating. Because it's like, I literally say, prefacing, this happens probably less than 1% of the time in any game. And probably 0.01% So then you agree, the sports aren't rigged. They aren't it's usually you. rigged. Yeah, they so aren't you. usually rigged. But I do acknowledge that there have been situations where they are rigged. I, I and I'm saying that, 0.01%. Except for when it's needed for, for, for dollar signs. I think I, I think on average probably two or three games out of every every major sport MLB oh, oh. NHL NBA and NFL 
I think out of all four of them, I think about two to four games probably a year are rigged. That's so, what I think. Are, are, so first off, are there is there no such thing as coincidences? Who, who agrees with that? <laughs> no, I think coincidences yeah. happen all the time. I work in an mm-hmm. oil shop. It literally happens all the time. Why is this light on? I don't know. Your battery's dying. Well, you guys are the last ones to touch it. I don't do batteries. That's just like, that's just like a common sense. But um, <laughs> coincidence that it's happened to turn on. So continue. Nine eleven happens. All of a sudden, Patriots dynasty is born. Hurricane Katrina happens. Boom! Oh my God, the Saints are relevant. What the fuck does the Patriots dynasty have to do with 9/11? Because the color is red, white, and blue. Patriots, patriotic, like America. You should have put that together. Then literally, Katrina happens and the Saints win the Super Bowl. I mean, it was a couple years later, but yeah, and they beat my Saints. All right, they beat my Colts, and the Saints had a great team though. Yeah, they played the Colts. They beat my Colts, and. They had a great QB, Drew Brees. Scan- and they had well, a think scandal. About all, like, especially, yeah, think about all of the scandals in the NFL that were out there having legal battles back and forth for, over the last 20 years. And there's all- talks of the Bulls moving out of Chicago. And, and then, if the Bulls left, there's a good chance Chicago wouldn't be a sports city to, at this point uh, in time. But like, so the goal, going back to Hurricane Katrina, that happened in like 2004. Saints didn't win until 2010. It was 2005, but also you got to think that yeah, their four arena, years later, yeah, that's when they're finally able to go back to their <laughs> arena because they're still cleaning up the city. Like the they were back year. like the following year. I don't it was two that. years. It was two years. Yeah, um, was two years. Uh, and they were playing at a college stadium for a bit too. Yeah. So oh, I, I can always agree that there are bad apples and there are people trying to fix it. I just don't think as a whole, overall, it's rigged. So, like, maybe 1% to maybe 2% across all sport venues are rigged. I just don't think you can have enough highly competitive people to accept rigged. Like, I just don't. Here's here's a wild theory. Here's a wild theory. This isn't anything I've heard. It's something I thought of off the top of my head. Would you think it's plausible that Vegas has performance or Planted people in re- in the referee rings in certain ways. Oh yes, because yeah. that involves <laughs> money for so sure. Yeah. That's Sin, that's Sin City, baby. Are you fucking see, kidding me? Fuck yeah. Yeah, see, that's not rigged. Yes. That's Vegas trying to fix it for the house trying to win. In my eyes, that's different. <laughs> that, that that's, that's what Vegas. happens in Vegas. You know what I mean, bro? Like that that ain't fair. But the, the he's only, got a point. The only reason I would <laughs> just. The, the NFL, I'm more convinced of being rigged than any of the other leagues in general. Explain. Yeah, you have to explain. Of, well, just all the conspiracies, all the crazy, like, tuck rule game, everything going on with all that stuff. Um, you know, the Lions being all that stuff. Everything I brought up earlier. But just the Well, the Saints don't matter. Up. That's out the window. That doesn't count. Quiet. Patriots hardly Patriots count. Suck. But, um. Patriots hardly count. Also, let me let me interject real quick, Travis. Travis isn't saying that he believes these conspiracy theories are just one hundred percent true. They are great teams. They are great. We're just talking about the yes. potential of these conspiracies. I yeah, want to re. A, I want to reassess that. No, not you for the fans because we're talking about touchy subjects like nine eleven and yeah, like Hurricane Katrina. Not, this yeah, isn't this isn't us mangling with events that are serious. We're just talking about. Fun we don't even, this is just a reminder. I agree with the stuff. This is just all the stuff yes. that's been like I've seen people talk about in this regard. 
I just yeah. I just wanted to put that reminder out there. <laughs> yeah, I got you. But, my bad, Shane. That's good. But, I, the re- the reason I think that there is some level of know how like knowing from the league itself is the fact that there is until they do something like install some sort of punishment or, or change something to help with the refereeing and just let it go and people and like players aren't allowed to talk about the refs without getting fined until that changes that's a little sus to me personally but like, and then talk also, up the refereeing to human nature yeah and, and, and then the other part is I really want to know what were in those emails. Mm-hmm. So hush, hush, they forced Gruden out of the NFL. Yep. That oh. is telling to me. Because, I mean, you know, that Bucks team was a great Bucks team. But, I mean, that Raiders team was a really fucking good Raiders team. Like, no offense to that Bucks team, but, like, they were, what, 14-point underdogs going into the game? And it was a Super Bowl. <laughs> like it might have been the biggest swing in a Super Bowl in history, at least up to that time. There, there is no way. Like they, it seems so convenient that they randomly find these emails. What twenty years after they're sent, and you trace back the timeline to when they would have been not, sent. I'm and not just find what he said, but just like no, not at so- all. But the circumstances of what actually mm-hmm. happened, like, all right, dude, that's obviously a fall guy. You guys are trying to keep something, the bigger picture hidden. That's, that's what's and going on there. There's something obvious, too. Like, at that time, even though it's not politically correct, terminology that he was using, it's not okay to utilize ever. But at the time, it wasn't frowned upon the same way that it is currently. We're talking about something 20 years ago. We're talking yeah. about a time when Cult- modern warfare lobbies were just were just standard things, you know, like... We're talking about big old bombs (laughs) dropping every 10 seconds, man. And I'm not talking about actual bombs. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those those things where, like, at the time, those emails, why why would you blacklist a coach who's so legendary to the sport? Because Gruden, like, let's be honest, is a legendary coach. Upper echelon, top 10 all time. You know, just when you're thinking of top coaches of all time, you put Gruden up there. Top ten. Okay, top ten. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Lombardi, uh, Noel, Dicka. Uh, you can put Donny Dungy. Mike Tomlin probably has something up there. Bill Belichick. I I put those two together because they're active. It, Bel, Belichick's above Tomlin at this current point. Um, Belichick's probably number one. I just always I always hesitate to put him on because he's active. That's the only That's reason, um, you know. And then, like now, you're now we're talking about spots where jo- Josh Groom could be put in, like seven, eight, nine, right. ten. Like we're so talking. Can about- I can I read you a list real quick of the top ten that I found? And I want to know who you'd put above him. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna start at one. Bill Belichick, Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, George Hollis. Bill Walsh, Chuck Knoll, Paul Brown, Tom Landry, Curly Lambo, Joe Gibbs. I put Gruden above at least three of those coaches. Which three? I'm curious. Curly. Curly. Uh, 
probably brown honest uh, i don't know brown is brown is tough because it's like brown was dominant but also his players were just like obscenely talented too and like the brown he also mm-hmm. did like culturally i couldn't put gruden above brown because of what brown did for the culture but if we're talking about play design shula like honestly like hot take i think shula is below gruden i think he's still top 10 but i think gruden's above him. shula's got the most wins all time okay. right, so all time where would you put gruden i i put him seven or eight seven or eight okay I think Shula is like eight or nine. That the thing okay. is with Shula is like he got what one ring the perfect season. I believe so. Yeah, and that was it. And he wasn't. I just want to double check um, my facts before I start speaking up my ass. He had two. He had two. And he one two. NFL and one championship before the merger. Yep. Got coach of the year four times over his uh, about. 32-year coaching career. Pretty solid. Um, not really, but pretty pretty good. Like, he's he's a great coach. He's a Hall of Famer. No ifs, says buts about it. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's just rewind for a second. There's a conversation to be had about Gruden being a top 10 coach. We can agree on that. We can have that conversation. Let's just reel it back. You know, I, I'm not as high on Shula. You know, Shula coached in an era where I – I wasn't alive and I don't think his teams made a big enough legacy for me to recognize them as efficiently as I probably should. Shula's probably a better coach than I'm giving him credit for. I'm probably being ignorant. I understand that. I just, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of times when you're looking at like nineties, sixties, seventies, eighties, you know, dolphins, it's a lot of simple schematics. It's not like a large developing game. It's just a very standard, you know, he's the most winning head coach of all time, but he also coached for like 30, 32 years. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. He's a great coach, top 10, but we can put John Gruden in that conversation as well. And the thing is, maybe how the fuck, how the fuck do you throw? Maybe exactly. But he's a great coach. We could say a great coach, period, whatever. Yeah. He's 117 and 112. I mean, he also coached some of the worst teams and turned them around. You want to talk about a coach that turned around cultures? He did that not once, not twice, three fucking times. And he did it effectively and efficiently. Yeah, he has losing seasons under his belt. But the thing is, you look at those teams when he got there versus the teams when he left, half the players were the fucking same, but they went from nobodies and draft busts to Pro Bowl perennials. That's what I want out of a head coach. That type of elite talent making. That's what you look for in a head coach. And when we're talking about coaching talent, it's someone like Gruden that you had to have high in that conversation, which makes those that email scandal so much more sketchy. Um, yeah. Speaking of sketchy organizational things, we talked about it a little bit before the pod. The 2005 Penguins draft. I was about to reel it back in before you did, Shane. But thank you. Yeah, I I was gonna. I was gonna. No, we're getting a little too deep into. But I was gonna talk about that too, like, like really good timing for certain cities to get the number one draft pick and lottery picks for the NHL and in the NBA. We we just sit like 2005 Penguins and then lots of talk of this year for the Blackhawks. Oh, you just finally lost two generational talents and Jonathan Toes and Patrick Kane. And then you had like the eighth best odds to get the number one pick and you just get it and land the next generational talent to keep it going. It's a big market city and one of the original six teams. So Shane, please explain the Penguins one. All right. That one's even worse. 
The year is 2005. Year is 2005. Pittsburgh Penguins are one of the bigger teams in the NHL. Um, Pittsburgh's a pretty big market when it comes to hockey. Um, yes. I don't, I don't want to misquote, but at the time they were at least a top 10 market. They're a significantly large market. And it's one of those situations where the Penguins slid into the lottery and there's quotes coming out saying the 2005 entry draft was one of the shadiest things to ever go down in the NHL. The, that you was the first time. Correct? Yep. That okay. was the first time since 1980, the NHL lottery draft was held behind closed doors. So already kind of sketchy because they normally have like the envelope and everything's all big. And it's just like this massive thing, just mm-hmm. spectacular. And so we're talking about for the first time in 25 years, it's televised. There was no public drawing of the balls. Gary Batman went behind the current and he came out from behind the current holding a Pittsburgh Penguins logo. Oh, look, Penguins, congratulations. You won. You get and, some new uh, For reference, this is what the walk on stage looked like. I'm reading an article about it while we're talking about it, so I get the quotes correct. So here's the video on the article. Oh, that's when they got this. This is literally the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, what's crazy about that is the, and the, the Penguins were on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah, and then yeah, they get they were talking the, about moving to Hamilton. And then they get a top ten player all time. Yeah, like as I was Probably. saying earlier, as I was saying earlier, you know, um, it was one of those situations where it's like things lined up a little too perfectly. You randomly hold this draft, and Sidney Crosby like this, was the best player, just... best prospect in the last fifty years, and. That's no essays buts about it. You know, Travis and I were talking a little bit about it beforehand. Wayne Gretzky, obviously. Um, You know, Mario, like, also just... Obviously, thousands of people would go to his practices and shit. But, you know, like, you can make an argument that Crosby was a bigger prospect than both of them. Because this is at a time when, you know, comparatively to back in the 70s, when the NHL was still building, it was popular, but it wasn't as popular as it cur- currently is. And they're trying to build traction. They had these great players, and those great players ended up building the NHL to heights that they could have never imagined at the time when they were drafted. Crosby was the beneficiary of the NHL being at such a high level. So the, th- the thing is with Crosby, you could say that his prospect profile was larger via media, via prospect, via just everybody knew who Sidney Crosby was in 2005. And it was a big deal. He was a big prospect. We're talking about, like, I don't even fucking know, like a Trevor Lawrence, a Payne Manning-type prospect when we're talking football. Yeah. This huge huge. superstar coming in. And he he comes in, dominates, wins a couple Stanleys, and calls it a day. And the thing is, do we think that was rigged? Honestly, I probably, I I think that there's a very good chance it was, even though I'm a big Pittsburgh guy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Big Pittsburgh guy. 
Oh my god! I'm surprised you haven't talk, talked about the Steelers yet. <laughs> hey, I don't need to talk about the Steelers in this video. I say you can argue. It happened, you, can, you can argue it happened just this year in the NBA because the San Antonio Spurs were not the favorites to get the number one pick, and they end up getting the number one pick right in time for the next generation because San Antonio was garbage, and now they get Victor and sign Pop to another four years or five I think, years, whatever it was. So. I, I think there's something to be said, but I don't think it's as realistic. The thing is, with the Penguins draft, it was behind a closed curtain. They yeah. they literally walk off stage like it's the NFL draft. Like Roger Goodell walking back on stage, and he's like, the pick is in. The Penguins have the first pick overall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that, that is a little sus. There's... I think everyone would agree that the leagues know. are not 100% clean throughout their history. <laughs> with as far, I think in regards bad to decisions are made, but I want to say necessarily rigged. What do you guys define as rigged? Blatantly, like 100% rigged, I would say, like, every outcome, every game is predetermined. Like, season's outcome is predetermined. For as far as, like, games and, like, win-losses and everything. Like, individual players' stats can... You know, pop off says mm-hmm. do what you got to do in the game, but I don't think that's happening. No, I don't think it's but, like that. I mean, because if you go back to the Penguins, right? They were the were because it, it gets a little weird because they changed the rules with that draft because of the previous year was the lockout. So rules for the lottery get a little funky, so that they go based off of the previous year, two thousand three or whatever it was. Well, think back to just 20, what was it, 2017 when the NHL expanded to Vegas and had the Knights, and then all of a sudden they're the most successful expansion team in all of major sport history. They've literally been in the league. They've been a team for six years, and they went to two Stanley Cups and made the the conference finals all six years, or four out of the six years. See, I don't know. Something said about the player's heart and determination and everything like that, though, too. Well, the kind of the the kind of players they were able to grab in an expansion draft was kind of, was is unheard of. So, like the because if the Golden Knights they, they don't had, do they, as well, they had paper like, didn't have the, the best team when after this expansion draft, but they had a good. I team. think the Raiders probably would still go there to answer your question, Shane. I I could see it. So I want to be my def- my definition of rigged. I had the dec- dictionary definition, which I'll read in just a second. But my definition of rigged yes, ma'am. is at- okay, cut. Um, <laughs> so Thermos is quiet. I think I think rigged just means the game is somehow manipulated into one one side's favor, not necessarily like oh, it's just complete like completely rigged means like oh, it was one hundred percent going to happen. I think just a rigged game means that. You know, the refs are going to make a little bit more chippy calls on one side. You know, something like that. The official dictionary uh, term is rigged. An adjective manipulated or controlled by deceptive or dishonest means. Mm -hmm. So, like, the term rigged doesn't necessarily mean, oh, yeah, the refs went out there and guaranteed and they paid each other off and da-da-da-da-da. No. Like, rig just means... So, I, so the actual some... dictionary definition 
is that the is that the circumstances we're talking about would one hundred percent yes by definition be rare? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Like the the only question for the circumstances we're talking about is: Do we believe it was manipulated? I mean, and then yeah, and then the NFL does have an entertainment license. Yeah, they do. So it's not. They also do make them. like five different video games. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is that's very true. All right, so um, it, it's it's t- it's touchy. I I don't I don't think anything is one hundred percent predetermined. But I yeah. think I think the right pieces are in the right <laughs> spots for it to ultimately make the, the league the right amount of dollar signs for them to do to to keep the ball rolling year in and year out. All right, so basically. For like the NHL draft, right? For the expansion draft, you can protect seven forwards, three defense defensemen, and one goaltender, eight position players, and one goalie. So, yeah. so how the hell did they end up with like eight topped three at their position players? So all players like... <laughs> who have completed an entry level contract are eligible to be drafted. I mean, I want to say top three at the, they didn't really get anyone besides uh, Pittsburgh's old goaltender Mark Andre Fleury that was like legit legit but they got a couple most of their team was above average though they yeah they had anyone. a good squad they, they didn't necessarily have anyone that was elite mm-hmm. on that team but they had a lot of in Madden terms they didn't have any 90 or above overall players but everyone on that team was like 82 across yeah yeah <laughs> I mean there's a good squad like, I think yeah so on the next one there's two more I really yes. want to talk about. Yes. What bullshit do you have now? Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It is I'm bullshit. Talk- I'm just the, talking. The, shit the only shit there. I see is a Spartan shirt. <laughs> the Phantom Punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were talking oh. about this a little bit before. I I think that there is a world where Ali does get that knockout. Please explain just- for those that don't know. All right, so should I flip flip up the video or no? There, I got it right here. I already got it ready. Boom. Entire screen. Boom. Right here. All right. So this is is the Ali Phantom Punch. Okay? Wow. So they show it in slow motion. He does make contact, but... The little jab was like, there's no way to... Dude, the more you watch it, the more you're like, wait... That doesn't like, make sense. Like, I understand, like, you know, like, if you hit the button, you hit the button, but there's just no way that that little right hook jab right here that he gets... Over like, over yeah, his I arm? Mean, that... It rocks him, but it shouldn't knock him out. And it almost... You know what it looks like almost in slow motion? It looks, like he re- it looks like he recognizes he gets hit right here. Because you see how his shoulders lock up before he folds? Mm-hmm. Most of the time when someone gets knocked out, their knees lock, and they... They wobble out. He doesn't wobble. It's almost like he locks in right there. See how he's like on himself. He juds um, up almost like he's not out, but then he goes out. So that's why the phantom punch is such a big deal because it's like, okay, does he come in? Like, is he actually out? And you got to remember, this is this is a big fight in history. So this was their second bout against Sonny Lawson, and second, this is their second bout. This is the WBA WBC heavyweight unifier fight it's a huge fight Sonny's coming back after uh 
a judge decision, and a week after that judge decision fight, after Ali already took one title from him, Ali changes his name to Muhammad Ali. So now mm-hmm. it's a big fucking fight. And Ali and Sonny's next fight is the Phantom Punch fight. And Sonny gets knocked out. So it's like, it is this enough contact to knock out a heavyweight champion in his yes. prime? Yes. Could have There's been. no way. I just, I just yeah. wish no I could way. see the, the from the other angle. I wish there was a camera angle from the other angle. Yeah. I, just back then there wasn't. But like on one hand, just like from what I can see, like on one hand, I want to say it does like, rock. Oh, it, it, I mean, it gets him pretty good, but I don't think it's enough to necessarily <laughs> just down him in one punch like that. But at the same time, I mean, these people aren't heavyweights, but like the punch that Conor McGregor landed to knock out Jose Aldo, Ooh. like. Some what well, some would say that Liston wanted to lose because either, of the mafia. And it, it just hit him in the right spot. So I want you to recognize this, okay? These are heavyweight Tyson. fighters. This is Tyson highlights. So I want you to watch this. So he's one, two, three. It took three punches to get him knocked out, and they're a full contact. Okay, he was, he was he, out before this is, the third. <laughs> That's that, that dude. I love watching people get knocked out. Tyson. <laughs> it took his brain a that, whole that, second. That, that guy was like, off. I got yeah. hoes in different area code. I, I don't know why I brought up Mike Tyson highlights, bro. Like, I should have known. Uh, fucking uh, Ali highlights. These are probably gonna be better because he's gonna be ducking and weaving and shit. Um, oh. <laughs> So see, the thing is, Ali could hit the button, sure. But see, he's not out. Like he tagged him a couple times across the face, sure. And honestly, like I, I'm fifty fifty on this. I've gone back and forth over the years. Ali was one of the greatest boxers of all time. Nothing's needed to dispute that. Just that's a fact. But the thing is, you know, Ali wasn't a power striker, and there's no other point in his career where he landed it on the button like that. Now. It could be possible he had that once-in-a-lifetime just butt impress, and that was that, and that's all she wrote. But, I mean, we're talking about a heavyweight fighter who is built on agility, okay? <laughs> like, his weakest his mm-hmm. weakest spot was his, was his power striking. He was a lot like Floyd Mayweather, if you want to make a comparison today, where he's ducking and weaving, he's, he's letting them miss all their punches, and then he's getting points on the back end. And he was able to knock people out through kidney shots and consecutive combos. That's what he was really good at. But Ali wasn't going to be the type of guy like Tyson where he just hits the button and ding, 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 money, lottery spin, and Buffalo! No, <laughs> that, that just wasn't how Ali was, unfortunately. Um, um, Ali's to, one of the greatest to, to listen's credit, it was the second time being knocked down ever. Exactly. Yeah. Knocked down. Knocked down ever. So that that's a lot of um, reason why people call it rigged too, as well. Yeah, and he collapsed slowly. Yeah, kind of thing. So I, okay, so back in that time, right? We had like a lot of things with the Vietnam War. Back then, like a lot, the mafia was a big part of boxing. Yeah. Right? So one of the theories is that Wilson was kind of afraid of the mafia, which, I mean, for good reason, I could understand. 
and a lot of, and then the other piece was the the Muslim piece that he was afraid of that aspect of it come from like Muhammad Ali's side side of things. So Sonny goes to the mafia, says, "Hey, I'm willing to throw this fight if you guys get me a bag because you guys know who's going to win the fight." A bad apple, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. but at what point? Okay, Ben. Like, I hate to bring politics into this, but you know, if we're going to talk about bad apples, All right. are you... so can I read this quote real are... quick from Listen to kind of back Go up ahead. the conspiracy theory? <laughs> All right, so this is from Listen. He says it was a sneaky punch, a right hand I only saw partly. I didn't want to jump right up. The referee never started the count. I didn't know when to yep. get up. Exactly. The ref the ref didn't start the count. Remember I said that in the pre-pod too? Yeah, yeah. I was yep. I so I, 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 I forgot to mention that. The ref didn't start the count either. So he just sat there yeah. and he's like, okay. So like there's there's like multiple theories on why it happened, how it happened, how we got to this conclusion. Um I think I think the phantom punch is less the punch being phantom, and I think it's just more phantoms of the opera being in the room. I think it's yeah, not necessarily the punch, but the the fight as a whole. Because yep. listen goes on to say that he wasn't that he was down but not hurt. Yeah, you know, because I've never boxed, so I don't know how big the the, the count is. Shane, so that's something you're gonna have to no, like I don't know how much of a factor that plays. So, like, does that play a big factor? Huge. Dude, yeah. Massive. Because, okay, put it like this. You you get knocked down, you're laying on the mat, and the ref is supposed to immediately start on zero. As soon as your body lands on the mat, as soon as you go flat, quote-unquote, that's a term that they use, as soon as you go flat or prone, you know, mm -hmm. whatever the fuck you want to call it, um... The ref starts to count unless you are completely knocked out and your corner throws in the towel. That is how it will go. So if you're out, out, and your corner's like, we're worried about his safety, even if he does get up, we're throwing in the towel. And you'll see them, like, if you watch some fights, you'll see them throw in a white towel from their corner. That's what that means. They're surrendering. They're saying it's done. It's over. Mm -hmm. So those are the only times that the ref shouldn't count, is... If one, it's obvious that like under no shadow of a doubt, this fighter needs to be done. Two, the corner throws in the towel. Those are the only two examples. Why yeah. it's so important, the ref is supposed to start the zero count, so they're supposed to throw their hand up, and you'll see the ref throw up their hand in a knuckle and hold it up, and then they'll go one, two, and the second that that count starts, that's when a fighter will start sitting up because you... It's a good tactic in boxing to catch your breath while you're on the ground. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you get back up, then the fight resumes. So you you want to wait until about five to seven seconds before you're fully back up. Okay. You want to give yourself okay. a couple seconds to get back on your feet and get back around. But that count starting immediately is a big deal. And so, if you have a ref sitting there going, one, two, three, four, five, that's a big deal too. Well, there, there's another fight that was huge in that too, and it was actually a Mike Tyson fight. It was so, Mike Tyson against Buster Douglas, and that was bef before Douglas we get won. on that. I just want to say one more thing. I think it's a, a bigger. I think it's more likely that Listen fix the fight himself than boxing as a whole than the organization. That's probably thing. that's a fair statement because I mean he had, he was under the mafia. The mafia controlled his boxing contract. Yeah. So I think he probably 
just lay down just to get paid and not get killed. If there's a sport that actually, like, there's probably a lot of, it's boxing. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the early days. <laughs> but, like, another fight was the... Well, like, Mike, 70s, yeah. I was like, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas. Right, early days. Um, it was Mike Tyson's first defeat. Buster Douglas, technically, what what happened on record is Buster Douglas knocked him out in the 10th round and beat Mike Tyson. That was Tyson's first loss. Took away his aura of invincibility. But earlier in that fight, Tyson knocked Buster Douglas out. It, like it's been recorded on stopwatch many times. Yeah. Like it's like a fifteen count, and they didn't yep. start. The dudes didn't just just didn't count. And it allowed Douglas to get back up and end up winning the fight later on. But Tyson won that fight. So, See, that's where the bad apple comes from. But Ben, how many bad apples before you say? So, do you acknowledge that those situations are rigged? Yes or no? There are fixed situations. People will always try to fix something to make more money. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because money. Also, yeah. should I offer $75 for Jamar Chase? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking I of just missed it. Now we're on Bijan Robinson. Or... I'm doing, yes, a mock draft live. Um, salary cap. <laughs> Fair oh, sorry. No, <laughs> but yes, it involves money. There are definitely times where it's fixed, where people try to fix it, whether it's the mob, whether it's Vegas, whether it's just an owner who's greedy. Yeah, yeah they're going to try. So <sighs> on to the next one. I, I know we, we, we picked a topic that I'm a huge fan of. Oh, yeah, what was this other one you want to talk about, my guy? So I do want to wrap it up with the Black Sox because I think it's the most infamous scandal. Everybody talks about it. If we talk about scandals and we don't talk about the Black Sox, then we can't even call it a scandal video. Okay. So we'll wrap up with the um, the Black Sox. Let's hear this bullshit you got to say. Super Bowl. 2013 Super Bowl. San Francisco 49ers versus Baltimore Ravens. You just said Black Sox scandal. That that's the one I want to talk about after this. I want to get this one out. This oh, <laughs> the okay. Black Sox, the Black Sox shouldn't take one. <laughs> okay, you're wrong about that one, but that's fine. Okay, anyways, continue. So Ravens end up winning the Super Bowl, thirty four thirty one, but there's the power outage at halftime, and mm. San Francisco well, home is to trailing thirty seven. Sorry. Okay. Ben, shut the. <laughs> Um, the Harbaugh Bowl. Yeah, the Harbaugh Bowl. Exactly. So you got to recognize what's happening in this situation. The 49ers are trailing bad. 21 to 6 at halftime. Goes to halftime. There's a power outage. And San Francisco then goes and makes the final score 34-31. And definitely could have won that game. Um, And a lot of people without... Without saying it, we'll insinuate it that that's the reason Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job is because that Super Bowl was so fixed after that power outage that there's no reason that the 49ers shouldn't have won that Super Bowl. Um, That's a big reason that, you know, sports fans will actually bring up is, you know, the 49ers should have won it. tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But... Um, that that mm. game was so rigged in the second half 
Do you guys remember watching that live? We would have been Greg, old enough to. Ray was fumbling the ball. Yeah, Ray we watched, was that, the we ball. watched it at a, a buddy of ours' house. Ben, I remember watching it with you. Yep. I remember. Randy it. Moss was on that 49ers team. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed were on the Ravens. Ray and, Rice know, fumbling like, the ball in the second half. Yep. Mm-hmm. It it was, was one of those two. I I don't know, man. Like, on the other things hand, though, start. Joe Flacco just randomly showed up one postseason. Was like, I'm going to put together a top seven postseason run of all time. <laughs> yeah. No different than Eli Manning. Eli Manning Super Bowls rigged too. Eli, I don't think shit. As a Patriots fan, I should say yes. I'm not gonna say they, those helmet catch bullshit. Come on, <laughs> that was just crazy. He came down. Time. He came down though. Like hey, thing I, is, saying, I will say that the Patriots were saying, extremely unlucky and lost Super Bowls Eli on Manning one of the million plays that would never happen put up a again. Hell, Eli, Eli <laughs> put up a hell of a postseason. He I, did. I, I, but years. but one, you got to realize the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory with the Ravens winning the Super Bowl, that's not the conspiracy theory. It's the fact that the Niners came back and almost won, and they should have won. That's the conspiracy theory. It seems like they shut it down to have an emergency meeting back in New York. They have this emergency meeting, and they're like, all right, this is the game plan. 49ers, do this, and you'll win the game, and the 49ers fucked it up. That's what it seemed like happened, and I remember watching the game, and I was like, wow. There's no way the Ravens are going to... As a Steelers fan, I was like, oh, dude, I can't believe the Ravens are going to blow this! But, like, as a sports fan, I was like, there's no way in hell that the Ravens blow this. And luckily, they held on. Um, yes. They deserve to win that Super Bowl, definitely. Um, but I don't know if it's rigged, but... <laughs> but it, it is one of those situations where, like, you, you go back and watch it, and it's like, there were a lot of flags. There are a lot of weird situations that happened that game. A lot of really uh, stinky situations, some may say. Um, I don't know about stinky. But uh, but I think we're ready to talk about the Black Sox scandal. Anybody who doesn't know, obviously, the Black Sox scandal is about the Chicago White Sox 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. So (laughs) the, the scandal is all about, you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson and the gang gambling with a syndicate led by Arnold Rothstein as a response to the MLB. And it ended up going to court. They ended up being acquitted because they weren't able to provide enough evidence to like prove it. But they all eight of those players, including Shoeless Joe Jackson, were banned from MLB. And Shoeless Joe Jackson, which was one of the greatest players of all time. Um, You know, you look at, like, how that situation went down, I don't think there's an FSA butter about it. That game was rigged. Yeah, because the White Sox wanted wanted it that way. The the players wanted it that way. Yeah. It's a crazy situation because it ended up going to trial. And, like, we're talking about grand jury. Like, this went to the grand jury. This was such a big deal. Yeah. That, yeah, they that. threw the trial, they threw the game in exchange for 100K. Yep. Which that's at the time was. Yeah, let's look it up. 100K in 1919. Probably a few million. Uh, about two million. 
Two million. Okay, so I was pretty close. But at the time, two million was a lot. Like, oh yeah, yeah I don't. Two like, million still a lot now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like two million back then, like even a hundred thousand okay. dollars. Like, even though one, the equation one point eight million to be exact. Yeah. Still a fair amount of money. You could buy bread I'll, I'll for take, a penny, bro. I'll I'll take one point eight million. That's a lot of bread. Yeah, that's a lot of bread. <laughs> so it all started with Gandil at the time, and then he started recruiting everybody else. Yep, it's crazy. crazy. It, so what, it's a, go ahead. What exactly about this did you want to talk about? Because <laughs> I, mean, I I just as I said, it's just an obvious one. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I wanted to, I wanted to end it on like just a straightaway one that just was kind of a duh. But you can't talk about scandals in sports and not talk about the Black Sox. And okay, yeah. so if we're talking scandals, where we where we sit on Pete Rose? Oh, Maybe, I have my own. Already been in that. the Hall of Fame. I I have my own theory on that, and speak and it comes from the words of the commissioner beforehand and in the trial when he's when he uh, like, uh when he fought it, asked for a retrial, whatever. Um, they said that he will not. Like the specific words that were used, well, he will not be in the hall. He is alive while he is mm-hmm. alive. They're gonna they're gonna do it out of spite, and like within a year of him dying, watch him get honorably elected into the hall. They're gonna. Yep, he's too good. You don't have a player that plays for twenty three years. Is one of the best players just on hits. The all time hits. All time. All time hits. Like the equivalent of like having LeBron James now the all time scoring leader, you know, being omitted from the hall. Like that's like that's kind of. I'm not saying that Pete Rose was as great of a player. Like, compare. There's an argument to be made. There's an argument to be made that Pete Rose was as impactful to his sport yeah. as LeBron is to his sport. Pete Rose. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, the Reds would have been nothing. Nothing. In the sixties and seventies, without Rose, dude, my man Nothing. was placed. My man was placed in hella bits. In <laughs> yeah, this hey, bro, dude. you love the sport on and off the diamond, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. he really messed up really was admitting to it back in the early two thousands. Yep, he kept. The, like, I've read something about it. Like, he kept a journal that he he kept stuff to incriminate himself that he, he kind of told on himself. No, he admitted it. He yeah. definitely told on himself. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's really where he kind of screwed himself. He definitely. Well, he did, he's it. probably he didn't probably know. I mean, this probably might be public knowledge, but I haven't really read up on the trial and all the info. But he might have not known what the MLB had against him when I catch a perjury charge and why when they had evidence stating otherwise. But who knows? Mm. I would say the yeah, investigation I mean, complete was completed in, in the nineties. He made to in two thousand four. I remember when he admitted to it. Yeah, I watched so, ESPN because he did it like live on ESPN. Like, <laughs> well, what's funny is though is Pete Rose placed their first legal bet in Ohio. That's kind of funny. <laughs> they should have seen it coming. They should have <laughs> seen this fucker That's was bad. biting at the grit just to fucking go play some bets, bro. He's like, yeah. oh, casino <laughs> open. He's the first one in line. He's been camping out there for two and a half weeks. The Reds are calling I mean, him up. They're like, hey, yeah. spring training started, dude. Where the fuck you at? And he's like. Uh, you know, my mom died, then my dog ran away, my cat's on fire. I'll, I'll be in, don't worry about it, trust me. The casino doors are open, 
Rose, you better not be at the fucking casino. We had to drag you out of Vegas last time we were there. I'm not at the casino. Hello, Mr. Rose. Welcome to the first Cincinnati casino. Thank you very much. Rose, get your back. I, I got to go, coach. I got to go. you like, you knew. You knew. If you didn't know, you're stupid. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, the Black Sox apparently is the biggest sports scandal in history. Apparently. <laughs> Just apparently. According to this list. Definitely a good one. Hard, Top three. I don't, for sure. But I don't know. Anyways. I was just looking at the list of uh, the biggest sports scandals in history. That's all. Where was yeah. the Lakers? The Black Sox are number one. Where the, where the Lakers in Sacramento? Came. That's not on his list. Wow. That's a big one. Well, it's a big one for you guys. You guys, whatever. What? Just oh, whatever. the Lakers. There's Tuck rules on there. I don't think that's even a conspiracy just because like if you actually knew what the NFL rule book was that the tuck rule like what the way the act the rule was written at the time the play the, the ruling on the field was called correctly by the by the rules of the game at the time the only problem and, was, and I, it was just never called in the but the funny thing is the last time it was called was against the Patriots earlier that season before that they just never really used it it's decided a great time but you know in huge games they decided to call that yeah, yep. Lance Armstrong is on the list too. Rousey home, that's a that's a conspiracy. Nah, uh, nah, Rousey. I don't think so either. She's too confident. I don't know. She could strike with elite strikers. That's not her game. That she got peace. That's all. <laughs> I feel that. I w- I would agree if you said back in the earlier days, like or the. Like the twenties, thirties, something like that was sports were rigged. I would I would agree with something like that more so than nowadays. Okay. So I mean there there's the Hotspur conspiracy as well in two thousand six. Um that's a fun one. Um That's a fun one. What's that one? So fun. <laughs> the Hotspurs Finally qualified for the Champions League in 2006. The mm-hmm. Tottenham players gathered. They had their pre-match. They are getting ready for their matchup with Marriott. Or not Marriott. They went to their Marriott. Excuse me. They were getting ready for their next matchup. Went to Marriott. And the, all, all the players were poisoned. Oh, yeah. Hmm. They... All of them were unable to perform the next day. Uh, multiple players had to get blood drained, stomachs pumped, the whole nine. Shit, why what? did I forget about the flate gate? That's a big that's, that's, that's a big a one. Big one. I mean, he did that's the flate those big balls. One. That's a big <laughs> one to me. So did Lance oh Armstrong. my god. That's oh, okay, Travis. Was right, that game ready, Ben? The no. flate gate? No. Okay. I don't think a couple pounds. If the game would have been close. Yeah, but they got it like, was not you, close. You, you got smacked by forty points, and you're just mad about it. That's well, all. listen. They scored more points in the second half than the, the first half. Plus, uh, basic when you go from hot to cold factors into play, right? And you know, even if the balls were deflated, 
you know, a couple PSI ain't going to change the momentum of the game like that. And the thing is, like, here's an unpopular theory that no one talks about ever with the deflate gate scandal. Tom Brady's been throwing fully inflated balls for, what, 30 years at that point? 20 years? Mm-hmm. And you think that just randomly in a playoff game against a team that the Patriots just were better than, you know, that Colts up team was good, but... Easily better. Up and down, up and down the roster... Just straight up better. You think that's the game that Tom Brady decides to cheat? Not yeah. Not not against the 2005 Steelers who have one of the best defenses of all time, where he loses. Not against the 2011 Jets, which he ends up losing to. Not against the 2015 Jags. Not against those teams. Those aren't the teams that he d- cheats against and that have those dominant elite defenses, all time mm-hmm. great defenses. He just randomly decides to do it against the Colts. That just doesn't add up to me. You know, um, yep, exactly. Yeah, I so plus I'm on board with that. I think a lot of the I'm not even a New England fan, and I think a lot of the bull crap and like scandals that have come out about New England are just people, but we're just media blowing it up so much because fan bases were just pissed off because they wanted to hate the Patriots and it turned into something that it wasn't. A lot of, I mean, plus the whole. The whole Wells oh report thing that Patriots came after were doing that. something the entire league was doing. They just filmed from a different spot. Room. Oh my God, they're the ones that got caught. Though. Oh my God. So okay, you know why that? So people underplay it like that. But the thing is, it was a big deal. It is a big deal that they they were getting they were getting all twenty two footage instead of scouting footage. That's that's they're, the difference. They were able to like hear keywords and stuff. And exactly. So they have. Hey, you know what? They're just. Being more efficient with their time. Hey, that's what I hear. You can say that. You can say <laughs> that, but I, it, definitely, it definitely gave them an unfair advantage that was against the rules. So, uh, I, in my Rob opinion, that is... Racist, maybe. Uh, nah. Nah. Um, <laughs> not cheating. The Patriots were on the up and up at the time. So, Bounty Gate, though. Since we're talking about NFL gates. Bounty oh, Gate? That one was proven and there was fines handed. Yeah. How do we feel about that, though? Personally, hey, listen, I don't bag the bag. As great as he is, I don't think Sean Payton should have ever been on. Really? <laughs> For something like that, yeah, trying to purposely hurt a player, but his body at that point is his source of income and his ability to make you know, like make a living for himself, and you're purposely trying to destroy that. Rip their knee out. That that bounty. Thing I is, Bounty, I don't know if you guys noticed the extent to Bounty Gate. It sounds like Travis does. But there was different bounties rewarded based on how you knocked them out. Yep. So yes. if you tore their ACL and it was a division opponent and it was their quarterback, it was worth like, I want to say $250,000. Boy, doesn't Adamican Sue wish he came into the league like three years earlier. He would have made a hell of money. Give him a nice chunk of change. Yeah, so very true. Like we're talking about we're talking about like not just like, you know, for example, a player that of that coaching staff that knew about that and didn't say anything, like should have been blacklisted. I, I me feel too. bad about it. So it wasn't that is as players offering bounties. No, it was because Jonathan Vilma apparently supposedly offered 10k to any player who knocked Favre out of the NFC Championship game that year. No, so what? This is how. No, this is how it works. The defensive coordinator got bonus funds from the Saints organization, 
and it would have a starting pot. And any player who threw into it would boost the pot, and they would match equally. So if Velma threw in 10K, the Saints organization would throw in 10K. If a player threw in 50K, another player would throw in, the organization would throw in 50K. So when, then they start talking about specific injury types and multipliers and shit. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like they have a chalkboard in the locker room. They're drawing plays on one side. And as soon as everybody else walks out of the room, they flip the board over and they say, Favre's kneecap, $100,000. Favre's head, <laughs> 50K. You know, they're like, go ahead go take your spins, boys. And by the way, they lucky have a backup Favre, right garden. I would say lucky for Favre, he just happens to be the NFL's iron. So. <laughs> Not to that game. <laughs> I mean, they didn't Talking- have to win the game, but he wasn't feeling good after. <laughs> Talking about Favre conspiracy theories about it. What about his daughter's... Uh, I don't want to get a season assist on this. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about that with Pat McAfee and stuff. Uh, him at yeah, Favre going after him saying he's going to sue Pat McAfee and everything. We're talking about that situation with uh, like it's him suddenly... The newspaper and every... You look, type in the Google. What the hell are you going to... What do you mean Pat McAfee's going to get trouble? Yeah. So you can't single him out just because... You it sucks because I loved watching Farm. He was one of my favorite players growing up. And then, you know, after he retires, find out that as great football player, love watching him play, but human being, eh. not so yeah. much. Questionable. Those Wranglers <laughs> still do look good on him. But on that note, all right, Shane, you, know. <laughs> you just looking at the booty. Come down. All right, Travis, send this out. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, give us some feedback. We love to hear from all of you. Appreciate all your support. Also, if you're in the Cowan County tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, Saturday in Battle Creek, there is a 269 Gloves Up, Guns Down event going on for some of the local uh, Bobby Sims. And you guys should be there. It's great. Details are in the Facebook page. And uh, keep remembering to follow TikTok and YouTube. And we're out. Stitter sucks. <laughs> Ooh. No. Like, comment, share.